Hey, come on, Go Church family. How you feel today? Everybody good? All the way in the back. God bless you. Man, look around this room. Hey, let me take a moment just to encourage you. We've got room in the 815 gathering and the 1145 gathering. And so if you're introverted and this is overwhelming for you, there, there's space throughout the day for you. And But I love what God is doing here at Go Church. Isn't it so great to be a part of a growing church with great vision, great people like you all? Come on. So welcome to Go Church today, whether you're in this room at our broadcast campus or you're on the west side of Atlanta on the incredible property of City of Refuge or even in Montgomery County, Maryland, 700 miles from here in the greater Washington, D.C. area. How many of you would agree that we need revival in Washington? Come on, somebody. So praying for our MoCo campus, everybody online, people literally watching around the world today. So we greet all of you. Okay, whatever campus you're at, whatever location you're a part of, uh, whether that's in one of our, our rooms like this or online, can you put your hands together, greet one another today like the family of God? Come on, come on. I like that. Hey, and while you're in the clapping mood, all right, we always give honor to the men and women serving in the military and those who are veterans of the military, all of our first responders, we just wanna say thank you. Thanks for serving, putting your life on the line to serve and protect ours. Can we show you some love today? Come on, veteran, active duty, first responders, hands up. Thank you, right here, God bless you, thank you, thank you. Come on, a little bit louder, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, God bless you. Five more seconds, come on, thank you, thank you, thank you. I like it. All right, you, you heard this in the video announcement a moment ago. I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug our upcoming series called At The Movies, At The Movies. Let me tell you a little bit about At The Movies. And for those of you that have been a part of Go Church for, for a hot minute, you know all about it, okay? Here's what we do, 30,000 foot view. We take some of Hollywood's biggest films, some of Blockbuster, remember Blockbuster? I don't know, I just, <laughs> it got me there for him. I felt nostalgic, but Blockbuster's biggest films, we take clips from these movies, and then, don't miss this, but we preach a Christ-centered, gospel-focused message out of these movies, all right? So that means this, it is the best series all year long to invite your unchurched, de-churched, anti-churched friends, family, neighbors, coworkers. You know people that need Jesus, right? You know people that have drifted away from the Lord, they've gotten away from church, this is the series, because you can tell them, hey, our church, we're gonna show movies, and you get popcorns and drink. Come on, isn't that awesome? So we're doing four weeks beginning on October the 8th, the 8th, the 15th, the 22nd, the 29th. And some people may be wondering, well, why would you show a movie you know, in church on Sunday? I mean, I'm, I'm willing to do anything to get people to come to know Christ. Come on, isn't that true? So you're going to love this series. It's one of the most anticipated series, favorite series, and here's the part that you play. On your way out today at every campus, we've got thousands of these little stacks of invite uh, cards for at the movies. Would you pick up some of these and would you pass them out to your, your friends and your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, even at school? You may wanna take some stacks and invite people personally, or you may wanna take a few stacks and just canvas communities or like, I don't know, the Kroger parking lot. Do whatever you want, but make sure you pass them out, okay? Pass these out, invite people to come. We start on October the 8th four weeks at the movies. Anybody excited for that? Come on, if you're excited, I'm excited too. And listen, especially this room, during the at the movie series, I'm asking you to come to the 815 or the 1145. We'll have overflow during all three of our gatherings, but we'll see thousands of people every Sunday at this campus alone, and we wanna make room for them. So during the at the movie series, if you could come a little bit later, 
or, or earlier or later, that helped to eliminate some of the, uh, you know, germs in this room. Come on, somebody. And uh, that would, that'd be great. And it's going to be awesome. So, all right, let me pray for you. We are in the second week of a three-week series called Game Changer. I'm going to tell you all about that in 45 seconds. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heads bowed, eyes closed. We thank you, Jesus. We honor you today. None like you, Lord. Let's take 10 seconds. I'll pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm asking that your spirit would be among us today in a way that as we lift you up, you'll draw people close to you. Lord, I always pray that you would anoint my life, and I'm thankful that you do. But I also pray that you would anoint those listening. God, today, it'll be a challenging word. So I pray that we just let our walls down and we let you in. Would you speak to us? And if you'll give me the authority and the boldness to call people higher, to trust you greater, I believe today's conversation really could be, well, a game changer. So speak to our hearts and in everything we do all day long at every campus, from greeting people in the lobby, in the parking lot, to go kids, to production, to worship, to the ministry moment, to this message, may it all point back to you. It's about you. And may we give you high honor and glory and worship because you are who we do this for. It's not about us, not about me, not about Go Church, but all about King Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, can we bless the Lord together? Come on, hands. Put the, oh, come on, if you love Jesus. Come on, right here. All right, so look, we're doing this series called Game Changer. One of the reasons I love uh, preaching in series and not just in sermons is because you can jump in on any given Sunday and be right, you know, a part of the conversation. But uh, today I'm gonna give you the second of three game-changing topics. But let me build a little bit of what the whole idea is about. Now, almost everybody knows what the phrase or the term game-changer means, especially in sports. You know, I mean, you turn a double play, you get a penalty kick, uh, you, you get a scoop and score, you know, there's a, there's a big moment, a big play, there, there's a, maybe a player that when that player gets on the field or in the game, they're a game changer. But game changer is much more than just sports. I mean, you can go back like uh, historically and I could give you a thousand personalities of, of individuals that have been game changers like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Come on, like game, game changer, right? And not just in, in, in history, but but musically, I mean, any, I got any music fans? Come anybody like music? Like, y'all, Michael Jackson was a game changer. Thriller, thriller, whatever. Um, Elvis Presley, okay. thank you, thank you very much. It's gonna be one of those kind of days, by the way, so just get ready for that. Y'all leaving already? We just got started, where y'all going? <laughs> they didn't like my Elvis, that's all right. I'm all shook up. Um, okay, we got to move. <laughs> but even personally, I mean, if, if you're in business, you have a, a, a business merger, that could be a game changer. Uh, you have a, a, a partnership agreement, it could be a game changer. 
you get a job, it could be a game, anywhere in your life, even like relationally. Um, every, every, every man that is married should say amen. Like when you got married, that was a game changer. She's done helped you. Come on, he knows what I'm talking about over here. Like, and, then, and then you have kids. And those of you that have been blessed with children, you know they are game changers. And sometimes that's in a positive way. And then, <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, they're just there. But a game changer, if I was to give you like a working definition, it would be just that. It's like a significant moment, like a factor that, that all of a sudden it changes an existing situation in this significant way. So I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you three game changers in my life personally. Um, now, out, uh, now, preface last Sunday, I'll say it again this Sunday, and I'm sure I'll say it next Sunday. The greatest game changer for me was the day that I met Jesus. Come on, a- anybody with me on that? Greatest game changer. I was on, literally, look at me real quick. I was on my way to hell and God's love came down, saved my life and I'm forever. It was the greatest moment in my life. As a matter of fact, September this month marks 24 years ago that I got saved. Game changer. Now in my maturing with the Lord, in my walk with the Lord, there have been other significant moments. I could do a 52 week series on game changing moments. Why don't we give you three things that really have deeply changed who I am. And last Sunday, I told you that when I learned that I didn't have to do life alone, it was a game changer. That God didn't create for us to do life alone. That you can choose to do life alone, but that's not God's plan for you. God created man, he looked at man, and then he said it's not good for man to be alone. So he created woman, right? And so the same for you and I, like you don't have to do life alone. So we talked about how we need people in our lives to pray for us and to care for us and to encourage us and to challenge us. And then I told you all about groups at Go Church and getting in a group and doing life with people. And so group signups are still going on for this semester. So that, that was last week's message. Like a huge game changer was you don't have to do life alone. Today I wanna talk to you about the second game changer and that's learning that my giving unlocks a different level of God's blessing. Now pause right here, because I I heard the gasp in the back of the room. Is he really gonna talk about money today? And the answer is yes, and then I I already hear it, but of all the days that you talk about money, I finally brought my friend to go church, and now you're gonna talk about money. So I'll tell you what, you don't have to apologize to them because I'm not gonna apologize to you, all right? There is something powerful when you understand about the discipline of generosity, sacrifice, and obedience. It's changed the game. For me and my family personally, I'll tell you more about that in just a moment. But here's what I'm just gonna, so that all the, the tension in the room just goes down, let me say this to you. I don't want anything from you today. I'm not gonna ask one thing from you. I'm not taking up a special offering. We're not gonna look at your crypto account. We're not getting any of that, all right? I don't want anything, I'm not, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense to used car salesman. I'm not a used car salesman. I'm not trying to sell you a thing. So, and I know some of you come from church experience or background where church leadership, uh, they abused these moments. They brought a lot of guilt, a lot of manipulation, a lot of like uh, spiritual promises that they could never keep. That's not what today is about. Today is about not asking anything from you, but believing that God has something for you. And I believe this, that when you learn about the area of giving, it unlocks a different level of God's blessings. So when you, when you read the Bible, 
and many of you have, and all of us are on a journey through reading the scripture, the number one topic of discussion in the Bible is love. From cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, the number one topic of discussion is love. And how many are you thankful for God's love? The second most discussed topic is money, finances. Now, I'm gonna get ahead of my notes here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this. Matthew 6, 21 says, where, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God knew and Jesus knew that all these years later that you and I, we would still be challenged with financial pressures. And here, here's what you know. It doesn't matter how much money you make, there's always pressure, right? There's always pressure. And so some of us, and again, this is not condemnation. It's not judgmental. I'm not putting anybody down. I'll speak in a lot of generalizations, although I think most of us know exactly the tension that I'm talking about. But watch this, a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck. They feel the pressure of that. Look at me, a lot of you are under generational curse and bondage uh, when it relates to money and finances. What if God can break that off of you? This isn't a political statement, this is a factual statement. The same groceries, the same groceries that you bought in July of 2022 cost you $708 more in July of 2023. So we all feel the economic pressure. We all feel inflation. You know it's getting crazy when you can't even afford Chick-fil-A. When the Lord's chicken is expensive, you know what's going on in this world. I mean, can I get an amen from somebody? I used to, take, I used to treat my family to Chick-fil-A. Now that's like a date night with this pimento cheese, honey, butter, jalapeno. You know what that just means? More money, that's all that means. But that sandwich is good, y'all, that sandwich is. My God, I felt the Holy Ghost. So, so the topic of money, second most discussed topic in the Bible, over 2,300 times money is talked about. So if, 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 if God talked about it, Jesus talked about it, why shouldn't we talk about it? And I'm just telling you that we have learned about the discipline of giving and generosity and sacrifice. You'll hear these words throughout the next 30 minutes that have just unlocked a different level of God's blessing. And look at me, this is a game changer. It's a game changer. And if I can get you just to try God, it's the one area where God says, try me, test me. I'll prove myself to you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? So here's what I'll do. I'm gonna give you four principles pardon me, four principles of giving, and then I'll give you four blessings of giving, all right? I'll show you one illustration at the end, and then that's it. So there's no setup. This isn't some like smoke and mirrors. I'm not taking up and all. I'm just trying to challenge you that if you would just trust God's word, not my word, but trust God's word, this would be a game changer for your life. Now, before I get into all this, for those of you that are skeptical, still skeptical, I'm gonna stop talking and I'm gonna put it back in the room and watch. For those of you that you understand the disciplines of generosity, tithing, and giving, and you have trusted God in those areas, and God has blessed you, not just financially, because his blessings are way more than just money. Come on, way more than just money. If that's you, you've tried God in the area of giving, and he has blessed you, watch this. Everybody else who's worrisome or skeptical about this conversation, watch. If God has done that on the count of three, would you just praise God and say amen? You ready? One, two, three. Okay. So that's it. 
I'm just telling you, this God's way works. And listen, God's economy works. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter nine. We're gonna look at these four principles of giving. Remember this, Paul's telling the church at Corinth, and it's a challenging reminder to us today. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. So if you're stingy, then stingy is what you'll get. But those who sow generously will also reap what? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is just uh, simple kingdom economics right there. There are corporations and businesses that aren't even Christians that understand this principle, that if we are generous, then we reap what we sow. And if we are stingy, then we also reap what we sow. So businesses that aren't even Christ-centered, they're tithing and giving a portion of their profit because they believe in this principle, all right? Verse number seven, watch. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly and not under compulsion. And again, I know a lot, a lot of you come from different church backgrounds. We're in a, what we call a gathering or they may call a service. They've taken up two, three, four offerings at one time, okay? Or if you give X amount of dollars, you'll get X amount of blessings in return. Y'all, that ain't the gospel, all right? So I don't want you to feel manipulated. I don't want you to feel set up at all. For God loves a what kind of giver? Why you look so mad then? Cheerful. We don't work on that today. And God is able to bless you abundantly. By a show of hands, who is okay with God's abundant blessing? Okay. Some of y'all got both hands and feet up. You're like, give me quadruple portion. I'm with you on that. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you not want, don't get, don't get needs and wants confused. Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. All right, the first of four principles of giving is we gotta learn to give sacrificially. Sacrificial giving. Now, here's something you need to know about God, and I'll be very careful here because I don't wanna speak on his behalf. He can speak for who he is. But I, I would say that God will never be impressed with how much money you give away. Like, God, you can't impress God with a big tithe check or a big donation, some type of asset that's got great value. God's not impressed with that for a couple of reasons. One, because it was his to begin with. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. So God has blessed you, right? So he's not gonna be impressed with your, your, the amount of your gift because it, it's all his anyway. And secondly, he, and this is really, this is a hard truth, but it is a truth. He doesn't need your money. Three of you are like, amen. He doesn't need your money. And for those of you, and I'm, and I'm not being mean, I'm just being honest, but for those of you that you don't give, the church is still growing, the kingdom of God is still advancing, and you're just not a part of those stories of life change. So the amount of money is never going to like wow God. But all throughout scripture, you know what moves God? The amount of sacrifice. It's not about the amount of money. It's about the amount of sacrifice. It's about the amount of obedience. So if God has blessed you with the ability to write a check worth X of millions of dollars, just be obedient to that. But if you are a single parent struggling to make ends meet, 
just trying to figure it out, but God says, give $1 and you do that, God will bless you for the $1 obedience as much as he would bless the person with $10 million obedience. Because sacrifice is what moves the heart of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Now I'm gonna tell you some stories throughout the day, if, if time permits. Um, and I wanna preface this story just by telling you, I'm not trying to build Kimberly and I up like we're some like super givers or you know, we're perfect people. I mean, Kimberly has a lot of growing up to do. Come on, like <laughs> we're close. We're almost there. At the, end of the, at the beginning of October, we'll be married 19 years. Come on, somebody. And I almost got her right where I've been, all these years I've been working on Kimberly. She's coming along, y'all pray for her. So I'm not trying to build us up to pretend like we got it all figured out and hey, but I do wanna tell you at least this story so that you know that you sit under leadership from the first family that is living by example and not telling you to do something that we don't do ourselves. Because I, and oh JC, be careful. But we have a lot of that. A lot of people on platforms every Sunday telling you to do something that they themselves aren't even doing. So I always say that I want you to be able to follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So when Kimberly and I, when we first got married, I brought a ton of debt into the marriage. I brought astronomical student loans to the marriage. Um, The first year we were married, I got sick. So we had, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars in medical bills. And then I was like, you know what? You know what makes sense with all the student debt and medical debt? Let's go get two new cars. I'm like, duh. So I bought us two new cars. You know, we're barely making any money and just, I mean, we're fighting all the time and the pressure of all of that. And so one of the first areas of conversation was are we gonna continue to give? Because we could redirect that money and really we could certainly get out of debt a lot quicker. But here's what I've learned, look at me. The fastest way to get out of debt is to give your way out of debt. So we decided early on, we're gonna, we're gonna allow the Lord to give us wisdom, we're gonna create a budget. God has anointed a man, Dave Ramsey, we're gonna listen to him, we're gonna, get up, we're gonna give our way out of debt. Now fast forward to about five years ago, right after Thanksgiving during my prayer time, here's the story, I'm just telling you about sacrificial giving, not because I want you to think, oh wow, look at them. But I heard the Lord say during my prayer time, give your vehicle away. And I was like, okay. Now here's the truth that you need to know. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit talking to you. Sometimes it's Taco Bell. Come on somebody, can I get an amen? You gotta be careful, all right? So I'm like, surely that's not the Lord. Like, I mean, why, why would, why? Like, why would we ever give a car away? I mean, no. So I just, you know, like the true man of God that I am, like the true pastor that I am, I was like, okay, that's not God. We'll put that on the back burner. Two or three days later, Kimberly comes to me and I could tell she's a little anxious to have a conversation with me. And she says, a couple days ago, I heard the Holy Spirit say, we need to give our vehicle away. I was like, oh Lord, it is God. (laughs) And I don't remember how exactly we did this, but I was like, all right, on the count of three, You say the name of the family, I'll say the name of the family. One, two, three, same family. Only God could do that. So on Christmas Eve, five years ago, Kimberly and I gave a family our car. And for weeks, about two weeks, I Ubered to church. 
I actually kind of liked it. It made me feel <laughs> known, <laughs> important. <laughs> we gave him our car. I'll save you all of the details, but within a few weeks, obviously God had blessed this family with a vehicle, but God turned around and blessed us in such a supernatural way that this family got an upgrade in their vehicle and God upgraded our family vehicle too. It's never about the amount, it's just about the amount of obedience. So the teaching lesson is here is, when God speaks, you obey. And when you do that, you unlock a different level of God's blessing on your life. Can I get an amen from somebody? Come on. All right, then you, then you give prayerfully. Here, it's what the verse said. Come and, and give what you've already decided in your heart. Well, how have you decided that? The only way to decide that is through prayer. God, I, I, want, I pray every day the prayer of Jabez. That's true. The first part of the prayer of Jabez is bless me. So watch this. Why, why would God bless you? Does he bless you so that you can just have a bunch of nice things? We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Or does he bless you so that you can be a blessing to others? So my prayer is every day, Lord, bless me with more than enough so that we have a lot to give away. So I'm praying about just being generous and obedient. And I, this is really important because if you're new to Go Church or maybe you've been here for a while, man, I try not to talk in absolutes, but you will never hear me ask you to give a certain amount of dollars. Never. Like, I'm never gonna pitch to you if you give $29.99 for six months and then God will bless you for 18 months divided by three years plus two additional Sabbath years and it's the year of Jubilee. What are these people doing? I'll always give you opportunity. I'll always cast vision. I got more vision than we got money. I got $35 million of vision. That's true. We got $35 million. But I'll give you opportunity to pray. But I'll never ask you for amount of money. Watch this. Three times now, somebody has created a fake Instagram account of J.C. Worley. I have arrived. Three times. And you, you know what they are, they're scammers. They take, they take individuals that have a, a little bit or in some situations a lot of bit of, of, of influence and leadership and platform, they create these accounts and then they scam you. And so three times, three times, y'all, one time I got into a back and forth with one of them through Instagram, like messaging, y'all, I almost lost my salvation. At the end I was like, you will burn in the pit of hell. I did, I was like, you have three seconds to delete this or God will smite you. And then I typed three, two, one. Just, I'm not joking. I had to repent, but the fear of God entered that scammer's heart. And then they did it again. Well, a couple weeks ago, I got hacked or, or whatever. They created this account. And listen, all of you were so kind to call the church office or direct message me or screenshot. But y'all, that ain't me. It ain't me for two reasons. One, I'm never gonna DM you and be like, oh, blessed child of the most high God, how art thou this beautiful morn? I don't talk like that. I'm from Tampa. Come on, somebody. All right, second of all, I'm never gonna ask you, they're like, hey, if you'll give X amount of dollars to this little orphanage, I'm not gonna ask you for money that way. I'm, 
you'll know it's the heart of this house when we just provide for you opportunity, vision, and, and need, and then you just, just pray about it. All right, I gotta hurry, watch. The third principle, though, is to give cheerfully. Remember, the verse said God loves a cheerful giver. So that Greek word cheerful is hilaros. It's where we get our English word hilarious, right? So when's the last time during giving you were like, <laughs> never, never. All y'all are like, oh, here we go again. Even when I said we're gonna talk about money, you're like, oh, dear Lord, it's the money talk. Cheerful. Look, giving financially is as much a part of our expression of worship to God as lifting our hands and voices during music and song. To be a cheerful giver, a joyful giver, an excited giver. I got any excited givers in the room? Come on, like, because you know, you know that when you give and you do it from a, a sacrificial heart and a prayerful heart and a cheerful heart, again, it just unlocks the blessings of God. There are actually three mindsets that make up Go Church. Some of you, you have the, the mentality of, I've got to give. Bad grammar, good preaching, but you ain't got to do nothing. You don't have to do anything. So I don't know where this kind of mentality comes from, whether that comes from, you know, uh, spiritual leadership that has beat you down to make you think that you got to do this. That, that's not the teaching here. Or if it's a, a, a religious spirit to make you think that, you know, you can like buy your way into heaven or something, I don't know. But you don't, you don't got to give. Some people have the mentality that, well, I give to get. So we view God as like a slot machine in Vegas. And in your mind, you're like, man, if I can hit 777, it's the Lord's number. Because if I can just give, then I'm gonna get. Look at me real quick. When we give, we never give with the mindset that God's gonna give us anything back. Like we're gonna get something in return. And let me tell you why. Because our heart is, God sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross at Calvary, to take my place, to forgive me of my sins. If he never gives me one more thing, he already gave me enough. Come on, somebody. I don't got to give. And I don't, I don't give to get. And listen, if you're looking for a church or, or maybe you're, you're, you're at home and for whatever reason, you, you can't get into a church, but you watch church online and you get these televangelists or you get these preachers that are like, if you'll give X amount of dollars and you'll get X amount of blessings, that is not the gospel. It's just not the gospel. The true heart should be, man, I get to give. God has been so good to me and now he's invited me into the opportunity to partner together with my home church to advance the Great Commission, to advance the kingdom of God, and I get to be a part of funding the vision and the mission. I get to be a part of stories of radical life change. Listen to me, when that's your mindset, there will be stories when you get to heaven of people that you never met while you were on earth, but because of your sacrifice and because of your obedience and because of your prayerful, cheerful giving, they came to know Jesus, they repented of their sin, they said yes to the Lord, and their eternity is secure because of your faithfulness. Come on. I don't got to do this, I get to do this. It's cheerful giving. And then another lesson here is to give consistently. It's not about the amount of money, it's about the amount of obedience. Why do I talk about consistent giving? Because if you'll just get disciplined 
and consistently give, then when the storms of life come and your emotions get in the way, you'll have the discipline to continue to trust God even in the middle of it. Does that make sense? So when you consistently give and you're consistently faithful, you remove exterior or external variables and you also remove your personal emotions. Because if we get in the habit of of worshiping God in any area just when we feel like it, it's dangerous. It's discipline to, to, to persevere through the difficult season. So you just create this discipline of consistent giving. If you're with me, say I'm there. All right, let me give you four blessings then of giving, four blessings of giving. I showed you the principles. Now let me show you the, the blessings here when you give. We'll look at Matthew 6, 19, 20, 21, and we'll skip to verse 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin and inflation, hello, and the economy and the stock market and the volatility of all of the financial challenges can destroy that. Where thieves can break in and steal. Instead, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for heaven. Come on, anybody grateful for the hope of heaven? Where all those things, they don't destroy. And where thieves, they don't break in and steal. Watch verse 21. Come on, we talked about this a moment ago. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then here's a really challenging verse in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you hate the one and you love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And count of three, everybody read the last line highlighted in yellow, one, two, three. You cannot serve both God, money. So here's the benefit of giving or the blessing of giving. The first one is this, is that giving is the remedy to materialism. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you should never want nice things, nor am I saying that you shouldn't own nice things. Y'all, Friday was my birthday. Come on, somebody. And you, you can clap, but you didn't get me anything. I'm sorry, I feel that. That's all right. There's still time. I've extended my birthday celebrations. So Kimberly, a few weeks ago, she came to me. She said, if you will just make a list of things you want, I'll get those things. Well, hold on now. Ask and ye shall receive. I started writing down some nice things, like nice things. And let me tell you, Kimberly had to side hustle. Come on, somebody. She had to go wait tables. She had to Uber. She had to work. It wasn't just me taking care of her. She got all those nice things. I couldn't believe it. I don't know how you did it. But every single thing on my list, she got me. No man deserves a Kimberly. You got me all of it. I got every gift, I was like, I wanted this. She was like, I know you asked for it. And I was like, did you rob a bank? I will love you. <laughs> the point is this. I'm not telling you that you can't own nice things. What I'm telling you is nice things can't own you. And we live in this like me-centric, self-centered culture and society where, watch, many of us, we actually are, we're actually worshiping idolatry because of things. I told you this a moment ago, God doesn't wanna bless you so you can just have things. 
God blesses you so that you can be a blessing to others. And so when we give obediently, sacrificially, prayerfully, cheerfully, all of a sudden we combat materialism. Look at me, I don't even, I don't even know what your house looks like or what your closet looks like or anything like that, but I can tell you this, just generally speaking, we collectively don't need anything else except a yard sale. Come on. Now we want a lot of things, but the challenge is, is when those wants take priority over the one that we should be worshiping. So when we give, it just allows us to realign our perspective and realize that maybe God truly is calling us to simplicity. That what if less is more? I gotta hurry, but I've told you this story before, but it happened again recently where my kids, they, they wanted something and you know, we had the time for them to do it and, and the money for them to do it and the availability for them to do it, but I just said no. Kimberly hates this part of my parenting, by the way. And, and they were like, well, why do you say no? And I was like, well, because you haven't heard no in a while. Because everything is yes. And I'm afraid that if not careful, if you get everything you want every time you want it, not only do you become spoiled and ungrateful, but I'm not preparing you for reality. So I get it that all of those things are there, but the answer is no, simply because you need to be reminded what no sounds like. I need 100 parents to help me say amen. And let me say this, some of you grandparents, you make it so hard. Why, did, why do grandparents treat their grandkids better than they treated their own kids? It's unbelievable, man. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And your parents gave you nothing. But your children, sure. You can have Dr. Pepper and cotton candy and M&Ms at midnight. Sometimes you just need to hear no, all right? Second thing is this, is that giving is an investment into eternity. Any financial advisor, when they talk to you about money, they're gonna talk to you about ROI. They want you to invest into areas that will give you a greater return on your investment. And I think that's wise to plan for the future and to have an emergency fund and to look into what, you know, whatever retirement looks like. I'm not telling you don't do those things, but we don't talk about ROI at Go Church. We talk about E-R-O-I, the eternal return on your investment. That when you give, every time you give to your home church, okay, you, you are writing stories that shape forever. This is, this is, when you make that kind of financial investment, this is far bigger than you and it will last much longer than you. And a lot of times we just get our eyes on earthly things, but the verses in Matthew 6 said, don't store up for yourselves treasures here on earth. Don't just have an, an earthly perspective, but think eternal. And so when we give, it's about an eternal return on investment. That's why I say things like this, is that Go Church is, is a kingdom mutual fund. And you know how a mutual fund works. It's a pool and they diversify those funds into investments and stocks and other you know, opportunities, but this is a kingdom mutual fund. So when you give here, now, now we multiply that and diversify that and it's impacting local, national, international to the ends of the earth. That's why in almost every generosity video that you see, you hear the same conclusion. You're not giving to Go Church, you're giving through Go Church. You're giving here and then God is blessing it and sending it there. 
All right, a couple more. Another blessing is it draws me closer to God. I told you this earlier, Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Since, since, since I'm in it, let me stay in it for a minute, okay? If you, if you wanna know how close God is to you right now, look at your bank statement. I'm not gonna look at it for you. Just look at it. Or if you do credit cards, look at your credit card statement. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. So I say it to you like this, that the way that you handle money, and originally I wrote the way that you handle your money, but it's not your money. It's God's money. He's just allowing, you don't own it, you're a steward of it, you manage it. So the way that you handle money is a powerful indicator of your level of faith right now. A couple days ago, and again, this isn't, I say this a lot and you laugh because you think I'm so funny. But you do you, boo. Like you just do you. But the other day, I pumped gas. I used my, my, my debit card to pump gas. Uh, I pressed yes for receipt and nothing came out. And let me tell you, that is the most aggravating experience of my lifetime. Can I get an amen from somebody? So now I had to walk inside where the normal common peasant folk are. And I'm standing in line. There's a person right in front of me. I'm waiting on a receipt. And this individual... Uh, buys like a handful of lottery tickets. Listen, sure, go for it. I, but I would say this, that God can do for you what the lottery can't. And so I see people like trusting in the lottery like a scratch off because 13 years ago you won $7.36 and they're like, oh, I got a chance. I've only met one person who won the lottery her name was Mary. She won it five times. So unless your name is Mary, probably stop playing the lottery. <laughs> but if you have won the lottery five times, have you tithed? Can I get an amen from somebody? And I just thought they're just standing there how so many people, and this is some of you, that your hope is in the luck of the draw instead of the Lord of the earth. Three of you are with me right now. I think I got a lot of lottery players in here. Come on. Like, what if you just handled your money in a different way? The ways, the ways of the world, they only work to a certain level, but God's economy is different. And if you'll just trust the Lord, and wherever your treasures, there your heart is, if you'll just trust the Lord, I'm telling you, man, like, God will, he will bless you. And the last one is this is that giving strengthens my faith. I'll tell you what, on November 26th, the, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I'll, I'll take that whole Sunday as we kick off our legacy series and I'll just tell you stories that will strengthen your faith about your generosity and how it's making a huge difference. Because there are stories after stories that you need to hear that because of your sacrifice and your obedience and your prayer and your heart to give, that God is doing great things. So I'm gonna take a whole Sunday and share those stories with you. And not just here in this campus, but at every campus around the United States and even internationally. Because when you give and you hear these stories, it really does strengthen your faith. And for us, we've learned in our marriage and in our lifetime that giving strengthens our faith too. I mean, when's the last time that the Lord has 
called you to do anything, money related or not, and it hurt a little bit. Like it caused you to take a step of faith. And I always say this, that God will meet you at your first step of obedience. He'll meet you right there. And faith leads to obedience and obedience leads to abundance. And when you watch God work in your life, it will strengthen you in a beautiful way. All right, one illustration and I'll be finished. I've showed you this before, we, we've called it the giving ladder, but I'm kind of changing it to the generosity ladder. And here's the challenge for all of you, is that would you just take one step today? Would you just take one step on this ladder? Wherever you are, not about the money you make, but just taking a step. We talk a lot about next steps here, but what if you just took one step? So I gave you, I gave you a little visual here with this ladder that no matter where you are today, you can, you can just climb one rung. For some of you, you've never ever given to the Lord through your local church. This could be the first time. I'm not gonna take up an offering. You can take care of that on your way out or online. I'm not, but you could, you could try God for the very first time. I've never given to God through Go Church before, but I'm gonna try. Or you take a step from I gave once before, but, but now I'm gonna give occasionally. Or some of you are in this right here where you give what you can when you can. Would you take a step up? Because I fear that, and again, I'm not trying to be mean, but I fear that for some of us, we're tipping God instead of tithing to God. So we'll just give what we can when we can, but would you take a step up? The next step would be the intentional area of giving that I consistently give to God. I'm intentional with it. It's not the full tithe, which we'll talk about in a moment, but it's in my budget. It's a percentage. It's 1% or 2% or 5%. So I'm just, I, I, I think, listen to me. God's calling all of us higher, but I think if you just have some intentional giving, I know this factually, God will bless you. For some of you to go, from nothing to 10% seems overwhelming, but what about 1% or 2%? And then as you see the hand of God and he blesses you, then you increase your gift. And eventually you'll be living in the area of tithing. The word tithe in the Hebrew literally means 10%. I'm gonna give 10%. And I love, I love this conversation because there are people that are always like, well, you know, Pastor JC, that the tithe is Old Testament. And you're right. The tithe is really represented in the Old Testament because in the New Testament, Jesus says, sell all of your possessions and give that back. Someone's gonna go to the Old Testament. Can I get an amen from somebody? I'm gonna say two things here. Number one, God can do, no, no, no. God will do more with the remaining 90% after you tithe than you could ever do with the full 100%. Come on, every tither say amen right there. And here's what you think, oh, this guy, he's setting us up, all right? Then here we go. If you will try God in the area of tithing for 90 days, as a matter of fact, uh, in two weeks, October 1 will roll around. If from October 1, October, November, December, to the end of the year, oh, this is perfect. If from October to the end of the year, you tithe 10%, and if God does not bless you, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And watch, I'm not talking about just money. In every area, if God doesn't bless you over 90 days of your tithing, you contact the church, I'll give you all of your money back. Every dollar. I promise you. 
And some of you, it's, like a, it's just like a little savings account, which you need anyway. So you got nothing to lose because for 90 days, you just try God. And if God doesn't blow your mind, you call the office and say, hey, I've got, we'll, we'll pull up the giving record. We'll show, yep, you gave, you're right. Okay, we, we'll write you a check back for X amount of dollars. But I'm gonna say something. When you do this, that call will never happen because God will open up the window of heaven. He will shower you with blessing. Financial curse will break off your family. Listen to me. I'm just, why not? What do, you, what do you got to lose? It's a money back guarantee, all right? And then ultimately, I want all of us to experience what it's like to be a legacy giver, where we're consistently giving above our tithe. This is like, man, God is blessing so much that we do have more to give away than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. So the challenge today is, will you just take one step on the generosity ladder? Watch what God can do. Come on, are you good today, everybody? Well, come on. All right. What's your next step? What's the Holy Spirit speaking? Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me pray for you. All right, Lord. We're taking you at your word here. Trusting you, Jesus. And I know I don't have to pray this, but I do pray that people would receive my heart today. And more than that, they would receive your word today. This changed my life. Changed my life. Seeing how that when I'm obedient, man, it just unlocks the blessings of God. And I don't do it to get anything. It's truly an act of worship. But we can't outgive you. You wanna bless your children. So I pray that someone would be challenged in a way, just take one step on this ladder, wherever you are, one step and watch you work. And the greatest decision though, would be to accept you as Lord. To give you our heart. As a matter of fact, last thing I'll say is campus pastors are moving and Pastor David here and I'll walk off the stage. God doesn't want your wallet and God doesn't want your purse. God wants your heart, that's what he wants. And when you give him your heart, then you just give him everything. <laughs> He's after your heart. So give him your heart today and the rest will follow in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, let's bless the Lord together, come on. Awesome.